Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about that thing that nobody wants to talk about, nobody likes, nobody wants to do it, sales. And it's so interesting. I was on a call last week and, and you know, it was a Zoom call. And so we could see people and they said, now, how many of you are salespeople? Not, and now these were all business owners. Not a single person raised their hand. And I said, hello, folks. Now, I was not in charge, but, you know, I'm kind of always in charge. Um, but I said, every one of us are in sales, If we, especially if we own our own business. So today we're going to learn more about how to be successful at it and do, you know, have, have fun at the same time. So please join me in welcoming Wesleyan Greer to our program today. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Great. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. So with 10 plus years in sales and leadership, Wesleyan Greer understands the challenges of being at the top of her game. Having managed multi-million dollar teams, Wesleyan marries her love for sales and her passion for coaching at Transformed Sales. She has a strong track record for driving revenue through sales, marketing, and ongoing customer support. This has earned her numerous accolades, including multiple Sales Team of the Year and Sales Excellence Awards. Through her process, she empowers, coaches, and transforms underperforming sales managers into confident sales leaders. She understands that sales leadership requires both coaching to develop leadership skills and outside-the-box strategies to ensure everyone on the team becomes a sales superstar with a singular focus for her clients, more repeatable sales. So again, Wesleyan, welcome. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Great, great. Well, you know, I always like people to to tell us now, you know, we were laughing about this before the program. You're one of those (gasps) dreaded millennials who is a phenomenal (laughs) dreaded millennial. You know, I love it when people don't like millennials because all my millennial friends are superstars. Um, And so tell us how you got to where you are today and how you discovered that this is your passion. Because like we said, most people don't like sales. Yes. So I am actually a chemist by trade. Mm. So So very analytical. Very analytical. Mm-hmm. I worked in a petrochemical lab okay. um, with plastics for many, many years, mm-hmm. and I decided I wanted more people interaction. <laughs> so I cast a net and mm-hmm. I ended up in a sales role. Oh. And one thing about most sales roles, people will tell you it's hard to get a sales job without mm-hmm. sales experience. Right. But this company was looking for somebody who was a chemist. Mm-hmm. To become a salesperson. Oh, okay. And so I tell people when I got into sales, I finally figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. 
I loved it. I loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. I love the thrill. I love convincing people to buy my products. I love presenting. And because mm-hmm. I loved it so much, I made a very fast ascent from mm-hmm. individual contributor to international sales manager. Wow. And as a sales manager, the passion that I really grew was developing salespeople mm. as well as mm-hmm. the leadership team. Okay. So a few years ago, I decided to open my own business mm-hmm. where that's what I do every day. Mm-hmm. I develop sales leaders and I help them, as I say, create everybody on their team to become mm-hmm. a sales superstar. I love it. You know, and you know, we laugh that people don't like sales, but people don't like sales. Um, you know, and 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 that's because we all feel like, you know, we're going to be the pushy used car salesman, or you know, going way back, the snake oil salesman. You know, we were mm-hmm. selling something that really wasn't true. You know, all of those various things, and but you know, we really don't want to be intruding. We don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be all those things, but. Sales, good salespeople aren't. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about what your definition of a salesperson is. So, really, when I think about sales, I always have to take a couple steps back. I want to impress upon people if you have a product or a service mm-hmm. that someone needs mm-hmm. and you don't offer it to them. Mm-hmm you're doing that person a disservice. Right. So when you think about that, it's almost like I'm a doctor Mm -hmm. and this person needs a bone to be fixed, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to help them fix it. Right. So because I don't want to push, I don't want to exactly. I don't want to be too pushy. Mm -hmm. And so really becoming a good salesperson, the first Mm -hmm. step is to remove what I call self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And those beliefs are, I don't like sales. Mm -hmm. I'm not a salesperson. (laughs) Sales is sleazy. Mm -hmm. So when you remove all of that from Mm -hmm. your brain, you really open yourself up to what you need to do to sell. Mm -hmm. And when you're selling, you should be serving. Mm -hmm. So you're not pushing things down people's throat. You're mm-hmm. understanding what their pains are. You're understanding what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And really at the end of the day, sometimes the product or service you're selling is not what the person needs today, right. but you have a referral partner mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know someone who is offering that to them. Mm-hmm. So you say, hey, I can't help you, but this mm-hmm. person can. Right. So then you become that trusted resource. And I think that's what is so critical about it because we all know it's about building relationships. And, you know, if if I refer you to somebody else and I get no money out of it, that's like, ooh, you know, and, and now, you know, obviously it's a win, win, win because you were happy. The person that I referred to, you know, is, is hopefully happy. And, and you know, and, and so it becomes kind of this, this circle, but it really is about building that trust. Right. It's all about, and you know, what you just said is true. For instance, my accountant, she is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it actually just last night. Mm -hmm. I think that I've helped her business grow by about 30 to 50% this year. Wow. Because she is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I meet so many people who have bad Mm -hmm. experiences Mm -hmm. with accounting firms and accountants, right? I've got this person. Exactly. But the people who I'm referring to her, Mm -hmm. uh, some of them I do business with, some of them I don't. But at the end of the day, I've given them a trusted resource Mm -hmm. so they know that 
this person is solid. Mm-hmm. Wesleyan is solid. So mm-hmm. she knows good people. Right. And so I really always like to think about expertise by affiliation, mm-hmm. right? Right. I surround myself with good people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I am a good person, right? right. I'm at the mm-hmm. top of my game. I'm in that top 5%. Right. So when you do that or you incorporate that into your business, it really helps you position yourself out into the world and you don't feel as slimy mm-hmm. and as grimy because mm-hmm. you're already positioning yourself. Right. Well, and of course, when you've built that trust, you know, even if it's been referring to to other people, when there is something that you actually have to to sell, to offer, then they're going to trust you rather than, oh, you got to make your commission this month, do you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, at the when I and the thing is, you know, there are different times of the year where Mm -hmm. I feel that there should be a push for sales. Right. So during the fourth quarter, every single client that Mm -hmm. I have, I tell them they need to be on top Mm -hmm. of their sales team. Mm Or if they're a business owner and they're selling themselves, this mm-hmm. is the time to go back to those people who you've had casual relationships mm-hmm. with or who you've done business with before and ask them a question. Right. How, do you have any budget left that you need to spend mm-hmm. before the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Right. And about 80% of the people mm-hmm. they go to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I do need to spend this. Right. Because when you are doing business with corporations, mm-hmm. if they don't use it, they lose it. Right. Yeah. It's not that that it rolls over and and they go, well, you didn't need that much. So we're going to give you less next time. Exactly. They Mm -hmm. take it away. Mm -hmm. And then if you're working with small businesses, do I want to spend it on something that I've had my eye on Mm -hmm. or do I want to pay taxes? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So everybody Mm -hmm. has that, um, those thoughts at the end of Mm -hmm. the year. So the end of the year is not the time to, to fall asleep, Mm -hmm. but all of the collateral, all of the the trust and Mm -hmm. the emails and everything you've done throughout the Mm -hmm. year during the fourth quarter, when you go back and talk to those people Mm -hmm. who didn't want to sign on the dotted line, Mm -hmm. you've already built everything up. So asking for the sale, Mm -hmm. it's not a big thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think what so many people are afraid of is that they're going to be told no. Well, you know what? So (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you also might be told yes. Exactly. And I mean, you should not be emotionally invested Mm -hmm. in a sale, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you're asking your parents or your Mm -hmm. spouse to buy you a house Mm -hmm. and they say no. And so you have to live in a little apartment for years, right? Mm -hmm. This is, you should not really be that emotionally tied to a sale. Mm -hmm. If you are putting all your eggs in one basket, Mm -hmm that means you have a problem with your pipeline, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to ensure that you have a healthy pipeline. So if Mm -hmm. somebody says, no, you just go to the next person Mm -hmm. that might say yes. And Mm -hmm. you just keep moving on through the process. So if somebody does tell, you no, a lot of times it could be a not right now. Mm -hmm. It's not a Mm -hmm. no forever. Right. And there, I I had this client who every couple months he keeps coming back and he says, can you help me with this? Or can Mm -hmm. you help me with that? And there are people that I work with and they have the same thing. It's you Mm -hmm. built it up. And so really to build that relationship Mm -hmm. with someone to really help your sales, Mm -hmm. you need to build trust Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid of hearing no. Don't be afraid of giving them a number Mm -hmm. and allowing them to negotiate, right? right? Because there's always negotiation. Mm -hmm. You say it costs X dollars. They say I have X dollars and Mm -hmm. you determine, can I take it or not? Right. Yeah. And of course, the important thing is if you're managing salespeople, 
you have to have empowered them to do that. Um, you know, say on the negotiation, you can, you know, <clears throat> they need to know they've got a 10% wiggle room, you know, or, or whatever it is, because, you know, this comes back to the car dealership thing. You know, the, the worst thing is when the, I have to go ask <clears throat> my manager, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't, if that's, I just want to talk to the manager then. I'm sorry. I don't need you. If you have to keep going back and forth. I remember I bought a car one time and, and, you know, they were going to have to go check with their manager. And I told him, if you come back to me with a piece of paper where they've written smiley faces on it, I'm walking out of here. And he started to, I mean, because that was just their practice. You know, they'd go off, they'd chit chat, they'd, you know, because they already knew what they were going to do. There was mm-hmm. no discussion that they were having. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and then to make it look like they'd done something, they would write the happy faces on the pieces of paper. And, you know, and he'd come back and see, now here's my manager's best offer. And, you know, and, and it was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. You're going to give me your best offer now. Um, you know, now I know there are also people who absolutely love to negotiate. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, you do have to empower your team Mm -hmm. and to really create that team of sales superstars. Mm -hmm. It first starts with you getting out of the weeds. I like to say sales people sell Mm -hmm. and managers manage. Ah, So if you are selling micromanage, not micromanaging, (laughs) if you are selling and not managing, you are leaving money on the table for your organization because you cannot be strategic if you're in front of customers Mm -hmm. and you're doing the negotiation. Mm -hmm. And it is important to, uh, excuse me, it is important to empower the salespeople by Mm -hmm. saying, this is your sales process, Mm -hmm. right? So another thing that's important to grow that team is giving them a written sales process. And what that sales process says is you do this, then you do this. Mm-hmm. You have this much discount authority, mm-hmm. right? And when you do that, you're able to strategically look at mm-hmm. the organization and say, this is where we have a hole. Right. I see that in this region of the country, we're doing a lot of business, but we're mm-hmm. not doing anything in this region of the company mm-hmm. country. So let me hire another person right. instead of me selling myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not doing those strategic things. Right. So really empowering those salespeople as well as giving them an actionable sales mm-hmm. process that they can be autonomous so they can be autonomous mm-hmm. faster is key. Right. What if you're the only one? You know, should you still have that written sales process? Absolutely 100 percent Because at the end of the day, if you have your own business, typically most people want to grow. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be a point where you hire a inside salesperson, an mm-hmm. outside salesperson, mm-hmm. someone to help you. And mm-hmm. if you have to hold their hand through every little thing, then you're never going right. to grow. So I encourage those, I call them solopreneurs, mm-hmm. to start mapping out your sales process mm-hmm. as you're doing stuff. So think about, okay, when a lead first comes in, this is the first thing I do. Then I do this. Mm-hmm. Then I do that. It doesn't need to be fancy. Open right. up a Word doc, mm-hmm. get a piece of paper, a notebook that you're going to have mm-hmm. with you and just write things down. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This common objection. When people tell me this, I say that mm-hmm. because the goal is when you hire a new salesperson on day one, they have to have some kind of written process right. so that they can pay for themselves mm-hmm. in less than 90 days. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. Right. You want people to pay for themselves in less than 90 days. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and 
you know, when you're the solopreneur and you've got it written down, it just makes life easier too, because you just have to, you know, now you're, you're not going to be looking at your, you know, your, your uh, notes the whole time, but it does kind of help you to go through those things to remember, okay, when I do this, then I do this. When I do this, then I do this. Um, and, and again, it's so you don't forget things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what if you forget one of the most important things because you're just, you know, functioning on autopilot and you mm-hmm. forgot, say, you know, a clause in the contract that needs negotiated or something like that. So, you know, having the written processes is, is a, a wonderful thing to be doing. Yeah. And, you know, when you have that written process, I, always like to tell people it's okay to lose, but it's Mm -hmm. not okay to lose the same way twice. Right. So in that process that you have, Mm -hmm. if you lose a deal or if you win a deal, Mm -hmm. you need to make notes on Mm -hmm. what I did well or what I didn't do well, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to replicate the the losses, but you do want to replicate those successes. So noting those things down Mm -hmm. are so, so key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about the the losses, you know, and and how you need to look at those. And it doesn't matter if it's just you or your team, you know. And and so, say you lose twice, multiple times on price, then you need to reevaluate: is the price right? Are you offering the right things? You know, all of those various things. Are you talking to the right people? I mean, that could be as as simple as you were talking to, you know, the person in, you know, department A, and you really should have been talking to the person in department B, Um, you know, and and so that that is part of why you want that written down, because then it helps you kind of review all of that. And, you know, the thing is, if you, that is, (laughs) that's, I guess, one of my pet peeves. When I hear people always saying we lost on price, right. we lost on price, mm-hmm. right? I feel like losing on price is really a scapegoat because right. in your sales process, mm-hmm. you're supposed to gauge budget mm-hmm. early. Right. That should be step one or two. Mm-hmm. You just ask a simple question. How much budget do you have allocated for this project? Mm-hmm. If you're... Uh, service or product that you sell mm-hmm. is twenty thousand dollars, and they say, "Well, I was thinking that I only had about a thousand dollars." That's then that's you done. refer them to right. somebody else, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if they say, "Well, we were thinking it's about oh, we have probably about fifteen or sixteen thousand." Mm-hmm. Now we're in the range, right? So mm-hmm. you can convince mm-hmm. them to find an extra three mm-hmm. or four thousand dollars, but you can't convince mm-hmm. them to find an extra nineteen thousand, right? right? Mm-hmm. So when I hear I lost on price over and over again, that's a problem at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the sales process, which is why it's so important to write those things down. Mm -hmm. What questions do I ask Mm -hmm. at each step? Mm -hmm. What things do I need to make sure I understand Mm -hmm. before I can check a box? Mm -hmm. Another one that people tend to use as a reason they lost is uh, the decision maker. Right. They decided to go with another vendor or something Uh like that. Mm -hmm. Again, that's an early question. Who else Mm -hmm. needs to be involved in this decision? Mm -hmm. Simple. Mm -hmm. Right. You ask Mm -hmm. it early. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're not really thinking that you're trying Mm -hmm. to sell them. You're just getting information. It's Mm -hmm. just in a casual conversation. So those are really the keys. Mm -hmm. It's the questioning up front Mm -hmm. that really helps that full sales process. Yeah. And and what helps to think through it is to put ourselves on that other side. You know, Mm -hmm. if if we're not interested, we might take the easy way out and, Mm -hmm. and say it's too expensive or in some Mm -hmm. cases, you know, you might be, you might not say it, but it might be too cheap. 
I mean, you know, there are times where it's like, I'm sorry, you know, a hundred dollar, we were talking about cell phones before smartphones, a hundred dollar smartphone is probably not going to do what a thousand dollar smartphone will. So, you know, am I going to be cheap and I have to replace it in 30 days or spend more, you know, and, and so, but, but yeah, so, you know, the, the prices is, is one thing where we're going to, you know, that's a, a way to, to weasel out of it. And the other way is to say, it's not my decision. You know, I'm sorry, I need to go to my manager. I need to go to my spouse, um, you know, all of those various things. And of course, the good salesperson knows exactly what to say. The bad mm. salesperson goes, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they, they never even it. follow up. <laughs> <laughs> they take it. And again, knowing those common objections and mm-hmm. having answers, because right. a lot of times people don't like to role play. Mm-hmm. People don't like mm-hmm. to practice, mm-hmm. but you really have to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times with my clients in our sessions, we, we role play, right? Mm-hmm. If it's right. a team, if it's a one-on-one mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, that's how I say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Because you really have to know, you have to be fast. Mm-hmm. The best salespeople are fast on their feet. Right. They get something thrown at them and they're mm-hmm. able to, to switch mm-hmm. or they're able to, to pivot a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And so that is really important. Mm-hmm practicing before a sales call Mm -hmm. and uh, some people, they just show up. Mm -hmm. Don't just show up, right? Do your research, Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen before Mm -hmm. you get there. Right. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I was on a zoom call earlier this week and, and we were talking about um, being credible. And one of the things that, and the, the, the gentleman who was the presenter said, one of the worst things that anybody can ever do to him is to say, so tell me what your company does. He said, because you should have researched it. You should know in and out what they do, what they're, you know, anticipate their objections, you know, all of those various things. And, and he said, it's pretty easy. You know, you, you, you go to LinkedIn, you, you know, you obviously you go to the company's website, all of those various things. And he said, yeah, you should never be asking somebody when you're trying to, to sell them something, tell me more about your business, because you should know that. That's good. Um, you know, there is, you do have to build rapport, right? Mm-hmm, so you do right. need to figure out yeah, you what do questions the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. need to say, so I see that you're in blah, blah, blah business. Right. And you guys are the number one mm-hmm. in Colorado for mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. What got you there? Or right. how did you yeah. do that? Right? Like mm-hmm. stroke the ego immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah, likes they're going to be impressed that you had done some pre-research. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, and then, like you said, they get a brag or maybe it's, you know, that we we saw that this changed, you know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, you know, so, yeah, just any pre-research that you can do because you won't know everything you know, because mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things that, that happen in a company. But, but yeah, to, to be able to go in and anticipate because you've done some research, that's phenomenal. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> and, you know, people, they like to talk about themselves. Right. Right. They like to if they're a C if you're talking to a CEO, you need to talk about how amazing the company mm-hmm. is or what you saw that they did on social media. If mm-hmm. you're talking to a manager, a HR manager, mm-hmm. you need to say, wow, I see that you guys just came out with this new corporate policy. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to really understand the person that you're speaking to, right. because in each company in each buying situation, mm-hmm. if you're in a B2B business, mm-hmm. there are a couple different people involved mm-hmm. in that decision. You have what I call your um, your cheerleader, right? Mm-hmm. That right. is the person who <clears throat> speaks for you, whether you're there mm-hmm. or you're not. 
They are your advocate. Right. They're then saying, you have, we have got to bring Wesleyan in. <laughs> exactly. In that meeting, when they bring all these other people in, they're like, no, we want you. Mm-hmm. We want that person. Then you have the decision maker who mm-hmm. is the check writer, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's a different person. So you have to ensure the cheerleader has enough information to mm-hmm. convince the decision maker. And then you have random influencers, mm-hmm. right? And influencers are the people using your product. They're mm-hmm. the people who they will say they won't outwardly speak up for you. Mm-hmm. But if asked, they will say, yeah, I like, right. yeah, that's a good product. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all of those different personalities and all of those mm-hmm. different buying influences within a organization, you have to really understand and identify them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to tell people, you want to be a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. So what is the small pond that you right. can become an expert in? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a client who we focused specifically on the manufacturing industry in the Northeastern United States. Ah, mm-hmm. And there was a specific target mm-hmm. that we were going for, which was the HR generalist. Mm-hmm. And so everything we learned all about mm-hmm. what their pain points are, what their gains were, what kind of objections. So whether he talked to 10 or 10,000 of those people, he already understands them, right? right? So that's really the key. You have to do a lot of work and research to really be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is, it's, it's, it is work. I mean, you know, and, and of course that's the hard part for the solopreneur because they're <laughs> also trying to do what it is that they do. But mm-hmm. If they have done all of this in advance, and it, it it does take time, then it's much easier, you know, because they they can go in and 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 part of that comes back to what I talk about many times with with my guests, figuring out who your market is, figuring out you know all of those various things so that you're not wasting your time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, that with this pandemic, we haven't been out networking. <clears throat> I haven't missed it because when I have been networking, I miss the people. I really miss seeing the people, but I don't miss the hour drive each way, the food that's kind of yeah. Um, now the programs I miss because usually it's you know very interesting programs and things like that. But what also happens is most of the people that are there are not somebody who's going to use my services. So why am I even spending time now? You know, yeah, it gets justified with hey, it was a good program, all of those various things. But yeah, you know, figure out where you need to be, and that's where you need to be. Right. And you know, for me, um, in March when the pandemic mm-hmm. first started, fifty uh, percent of the business that I had, as well as the clients mm-hmm. I had in the pipeline, were pulled. Everybody oh. was like. <gasps> Oh no, yeah. I don't need to. We sales. don't know what's oh, no. going to happen. So. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have to save all my money. Mm-hmm. And so I took that time to really refocus, mm-hmm. double down, hone in on what I'm really good mm-hmm. and great at, excellent at. Mm-hmm. And I'll be ending the year doubling my revenue from cool. the previous year just because of that focus. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my insurance agent recently. She was like, oh, we need to ensure you have a commercial auto insurance. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, no, I'm not driving for work anymore. Because I have figured out how to do this thing virtually. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be driving Mm -hmm. all around Houston here, there, Mm -hmm. going to Austin or San Mm -hmm. Antonio, because why? That's what Mm -hmm. during this whole pandemic and all of the bad things Mm -hmm. and negative things that have happened, that's one positive Mm -hmm. that I've gotten. I can really build, grow and be effective in Mm -hmm. what I do virtually. Right. Let's talk about that, though, you know, because 
you know, back in March, we were just going merrily along and then wonk. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And I loved mm-hmm. it when they said, oh, it'll be two weeks. Yeah, right. Um, you know, it was like, okay, we'll take a random hour here. We'll take a random hour there, you know, an hour in December. Maybe when we add it all up, it's been two weeks. But, you know, I think we all knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. Now, I don't think any of us thought that it was going to be quite, I actually thought it would be, you know, by about May, I thought it would, would be March or so of uh-huh. 2011 before um, uh, 2011, 2021. I had some of those numbers <laughs> in there. Um, but, you know, and and I do think March is is probably going to be where we start really swinging out of this. But you know, we were going merrily along, and whether you're a salesperson or the solopreneur or whatever, I mean, you know, we were used to going and seeing people that whole face to face, shake their hands, do those various things. So, what do you tell people who, especially because exactly like you said, many people are going to go, we're not we're not going back out. So how do we, we're going to use the word, we're going to pivot, um, right? You know, somebody said that that's the word and the saying for 2020 for 2020 mm-hmm. is you're on mute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it, because we're not going to go back to doing business the way we used to, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's forced or whether it's just, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. Um, so how do we start doing sales online and, and virtually like this? So, you know, they, they, say that it takes um, anywhere from 15 to 18 touches Mm, to -hmm. convert a lead. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, so after these three times and Uh I gave up, I I need to just stop. Oops. Yeah, no, (laughs) keep going. So really you have to get more creative in what you do because Space is crowded Mm -hmm. now. Um, Everybody is using LinkedIn Mm -hmm. because that's where all business people are. Right. Email has actually dropped a little bit. People mm-hmm. are not emailing as much. Right. Uh, so what is key is when you're trying to convert a, a lead mm-hmm. to a prospect, to a client, get creative. If you're going to mm-hmm. use LinkedIn, there's a, on your phone, you can send a voice memo. Mm-hmm. Record a quick video mm-hmm. when you're sending an email, introducing yourself, right? right? And make sure that you are really standing out from mm-hmm. the competition and providing value because doing something like a Zoom, I mean, you can see somebody, you can mm-hmm. talk to them. Um, people get Zoom fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. But communicate with people the way they want to mm-hmm. communicate. If they want to do Zoom, do mm-hmm. Zoom. If they want to talk on the phone, right. talk on the phone, mm-hmm. right? And really figure out how you can give people valuable touches. Mm-hmm. There are platforms out there where you can send somebody, like I'll send somebody a thanks, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like um, a $10 Starbucks gift card. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for your time kind right. of thing. So give that value. Mm-hmm. You have to, you really have to give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I do think that a lot of companies through this pandemic, I mean, I used to have a huge travel and entertainment budget, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the six figures each right, year, right. because, mm-hmm. you know, you're flying, mm-hmm. you're um, entertaining, mm-hmm. they're pulling some of that back, mm-hmm. but they're not taking it all away. Mm-hmm. And so in, in order to help companies understand that it's still important Mm -hmm. to do these things for clients. Mm -hmm. You have to ensure you use it. Like one thing, sometimes people are like, Oh, I don't have any time to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So I say, well, you have to eat lunch, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I eat lunch every day. How about I send you a DoorDash gift card Mm -hmm. you order lunch, I'll order lunch and we'll just eat lunch and talk on Zoom. Right. And and they're going to feel guilty enough that they're eating, that they're going to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're going to be like, 
oh, you're going to send me lunch? <laughs> like, huh? So yeah, just really, you have to get creative and you have to stand out from the noise. Right. So whatever platforms you're using, mm-hmm. make sure you're doing, so maybe you text them one day, mm-hmm. time, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. email, phone call. Don't do the same thing 18 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get right. creative. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, LinkedIn is the one that just drives me nuts. And I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and, you know, and, and so I'm connected with a lot of people there. Now I, I don't do the, the onesie twosies. I mean, you know, if, if I don't have multiple people that, that we are connected with for the most part, I'm not going to connect with somebody, but you know, when I immediately get the sales pitch response, I get annoyed. Um, now I, I did get one the other day and it was so funny. I actually shared it in a mastermind group that I'm part of because we all, you know, are, are so annoyed by the, the, you know, the, Hey, this is what I do type of, of emails that you get right away. And it's automated um, because I really love the ones that say, we can tell you how to do social media. Really? You clearly didn't read my pl- my profile because that's what I do. Um, mm-hmm. But And, and th- that's times where I'll push back on them. I'm like, nah. Um, but so this guy sent, um, so he, he, he sent a collage of, of him doing all sorts of things. So him with his kids, him playing baseball. I mean, all these various things, him at a desk. I mean, all these things. And, and he said in there, you know, everybody always tells you about all the business things they can do. I thought I'd show you what I do for fun. And I responded and I said, this is a very cute way to catch my attention. Um, hmm. you know, and, and he still has yet to hit me with a sales pitch. Um, you know, and so he knew what he was doing, but I love the picture. I just thought that was the cutest thing in the world because I opened it. Um, you know, and, and, it, and when it came in, it was on my phone. And of course, you know, so these were little, little bitty people. Um, and so I, I, you know, made sure to remember to do it on my desktop so that then it was much bigger. And I mean, it was, it took him, you know, he probably did it on Canva. It took him maybe 15 minutes, you know, no big deal, but it caught my attention and it caught my attention in a good way. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, it's all about give mm-hmm. before you ask. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the one that irritated me the most that I got was <laughs> someone sent me a message and they did a 10 minute loom video Oh, and they went through my website and said <gasps> everything that was wrong with it. Oh, like they were like, your website is horrible. You're doing this wrong. You're do-. And I was like, are you trying to sell me something? <laughs> Which you know, yeah, clearly they're trying to sell you website design, but it's like, no, no, that's not what you do. Mm -mm. That's that's not how you do it, right? Like, don't offend someone Mm -hmm. before you even try to get to know them. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you even know that's a priority Mm -hmm. or what I'm interested in? Or do a good and a bad. You know, hey, notice this about your website. I loved this, but you know, this right here could take a little tweaking. Yeah. Exactly. I, and then say, I call it when I do um, sales leadership coaching and I'm talking about feedback, giving mm-hmm. feedback to salespeople, I, I call it a sandwich, right? right? The good, the bad, mm-hmm. and then the good. Mm-hmm. And so what do they remember? They remember the first and the last right. thing, but the middle thing mm-hmm. that you tell them, it sticks in their brain, mm-hmm. but they're like, oh, okay, I'm doing some good mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. but I need to work on this one little right. thing. And really when people are just sending out those spam messages, it's funny to me. I don't respond to not any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to see what people are doing because mm-hmm. I use them as examples. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. And I say, this is what you don't do. Mm-hmm. This is horrible mm-hmm. or this is good. Mm-hmm. Right. But like you said, don't send me something on, oh, do you want to do this multi-level marketing thing? You're right. really good. Mm-hmm. Do you want to buy a franchise? Do you mm-hmm. want to sell your business? Mm-hmm. Like, 
No. No. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, insurance, of course, the mm-hmm. one of the, the things because it's that time of year, you know, as, as yeah. we record this, everybody's going through um, uh, open, renewal open renewal or open enrollment, I guess it is. And so, you know, I got all these ones that said, hey, you know, we, we can do such and such and such on your insurance. And for the most part, I ignored them. But every once in a while, I would reply and I would say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. And then, of course, what that did was that triggered, well, how can, how can you not be? And I'm like, you have, a f- and, and I, I did tell one guy, cause he was kind of obnoxious about it. And I said, you have no idea what I even have. So how can right. you say that it's wrong? Right. And, and that kind of stopped him. You know, it was like, oh, oh, um, you know, I had somebody do that in person one time. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, it was like, how, how do you know it's so bad if you have no idea what it is? Um, right. You know, in, in fact, what you're doing is you're insulting me. Um, mm-hmm. Could something be improved? Sure. Everything can always be improved. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was just that. And you know, the, the other thing that I've noticed a big trend on are emails and it's like, it's the second or third email that they have sent. So just following up on that email that I sent you last week. And I'm like, you didn't send me an email last week. Or if you did, it was the same thing, you know, and, and, but yeah, very clearly a spammy email, but they're trying to trick you, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, well, maybe I did talk to him last week. And so I need to, to read this a little bit more. Nah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it comes back to what we were saying. You just blew trust out of the water. I don't care if what they have is something I need. I don't want it from them. Exactly. And, you know, when you think about really building a healthy mm-hmm. pipeline, mm-hmm. I break prospecting into three distinct buckets. Mm-hmm. You have to do social stuff. You got to. Mm-hmm. And when I say social stuff, mm-hmm. I'm talking about posting videos, content, like Mm -hmm. giving, Mm -hmm. give, give, give. Mm -hmm. You have to do some type of networking. Mm -hmm. Now we're virtual. Mm -hmm. Find groups Mm -hmm. that you can be a part of. And Mm -hmm. I always say, if you are an insurance agent, Mm -hmm. don't go where all the insurance agents are. Go to the manufacturing Mm -hmm. networking event, right? Go to technology, go where there's no one else like you. Mm -hmm. So there is you're giving them a diversity right. of perspective mm-hmm. and give them something, mm-hmm. right? Give them something beneficial. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to do some education-based marketing. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is webinars, um, lunch and learns, mm-hmm. giving, offering to speak at some of your networking events. Mm-hmm. And when you have those three buckets mm-hmm. of prospecting, that's how you fill the top of that pipeline. Right. So you're not so desperate mm-hmm. and you're not spamming people mm-hmm. on LinkedIn all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So- Really, that is how you ensure mm-hmm. that you're not really being annoying because mm-hmm. nobody likes annoying, right? right. They're not going to respond to you. Right. Nobody likes it. And and one of the things I really dislike are the automated annoyings, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, where I can tell that it, you know, I responded or a certain period of time went by, therefore they responded again. And And what I love is when I get the emails that are, dear, first name here. Okay. Or, or if they use my full name, if they use my full name. So if it says, dear Deborah, I know they pulled my name, my email address off of LinkedIn mm-hmm. um, because that's the only place I use Deborah. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, and so I also know they, they don't know me at all because they know that I never go by that. That's not even one of those that when I'm in trouble, I go by, um, you know, my mother never called me that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so it's the, the automated things. And it, it's funny years ago, I had uh, connected with somebody on LinkedIn who was a friend and had been a friend for many, many, many years. And I got an automated response from her. Thank you so much for, you know, and, and for connecting with me. I was offended. 
And Mm -hmm. I picked up the phone and I said, what the heck? And she said, I'm really sorry. She said, and she actually had a VA that did it. It wasn't completely um, automated, but she had a VA that cut and pasted. And, and she said, you know, I'm sorry. She just automatically responds to every one of the, my LinkedIn new connections. And I said, well, you lost me as, as a connection and pretty close to losing me as a friend because I was offended. And, and she said, oh, maybe I should look through them before and decide, okay, I respond to this one. She responds to this one. I said, yeah, take you five minutes. Um, you know, and, 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 and it comes again, it's that personal touch. It's that authenticity. It's that trust that we have. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if, if I, if certainly if I act like I don't know you and I know you, that's just offensive. Um, you know, because you know, we all like to be remembered. And it, yes. you know, and, and that was the thing. I'm like, don't you remember we've been friends for 20 years? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. You really have to, if you're going to hire a VA mm-hmm. or third-party company. Mm-hmm. There are some people who actually will go in and manually manage your mm-hmm. LinkedIn profile right. for you. Mm-hmm. You do. You have. You're still responsible mm-hmm. for it, right? There's yeah. still your it's name. Still your name, right? Mm-hmm. It's still your Twitter mm-hmm. account, your LinkedIn right. account, your Facebook mm-hmm. account. So you are responsible mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. And I would really encourage people because you get to a point as a solopreneur where you can't do everything yourself right. and that's oh, yeah. okay. Which is good. It means right? you've got a lot of business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you do still, one, you must know how to do everything in your business. Mm-hmm. You can hand it off eventually. Right. right. But if you say I'm running Facebook ads or I'm mm-hmm. running Google ads and you don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. How do you know if they're effective, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with your setting up your appointments. Mm -hmm. If you just hire somebody to schedule Mm -hmm. appointments, you're not even giving them a framework for Mm -hmm. what is a good person. Like, do I take Mm -hmm. every appointment on my calendar? Mm -hmm. Am I just going to fill up my Mm -hmm. time? And, you know, then your conversion rate is going to be so Mm -hmm. low. So you have to really Mm -hmm. be intentional Mm -hmm. and remember that everything that you do everyone within your company is representing you. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that kind of goes to another thing that I tell people who are starting to build a a company or a team, whether it's they're adding an operations person or project manager or salesperson, everyone in this company Mm -hmm. is a salesperson Mm -hmm. because from from the mailroom to the CEO. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, maybe I'm the salesperson that's the face of the company and you're the operations person that is fulfilling the order Mm -hmm. for me. I am your customer. Mm -hmm. So treat me with respect. When I ask you to do something, Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you to do it Mm -hmm. because I just feel warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm asking you to do it because a client needs it. Mm -hmm. And that client that needs it is paying my salary and Mm -hmm. your salary. Mm -hmm. So let's all work together. And when you build an organization that is customer focused, Mm -hmm. customer centric, and they all want to serve, they're Mm -hmm. not just punching a clock. That's how you take your sales from five figures to Mm -hmm. six figures to seven figures. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to build the organization that way. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and even when they're talking to people, you know, if they're in line at grocery store, they're at church, whatever. And somebody says, you know, tell me a little bit about what your company does. Mm -hmm. I don't know is not a good answer. <laughs> um, you know, now you're, you know, clearly many people are not going to be able to give the, the whole thing of information, but they mm-hmm. should be able to have just a little bit 
of, of information that they can say, you know, we build widgets, you know, our company likes to specialize in building widgets for X companies. If you're interested, I can have somebody contact you. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all you need to know. Um, but, and, and, you know, same thing, you know, with, you're always that salesperson. You are always the, you, again, it doesn't matter what level you are. You are always the face of that company. Um, I'm a big you know person that, that says, you know, we, we have to allow people to be adults, but we also, you know, need to expect that they will be re- adults and give them guidelines. You know, so for example, you need a social media policy and you're going to tell them you're not posting your drunken pictures on Facebook all weekend because people know you work for my company, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I don't like that. And if you don't like that, then either A, don't don't be getting drunk all weekend or B, don't work here. Um, it's just mm. as simple as that, um, you know, and, and, um, but, and, and I know that, you know, not a lot of people do that because they say, you know, Facebook is personal, you know, all of those, you know, whatever, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, but people still know you work for that company. Um, you know, so it gets, it, it's, it's tricky. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, there's, uh, I am going to do a little disclaimer here that there could be some legal issues. So don't just jump down some of these things and, and start doing this contact yeah. an attorney before you start some of these policies, just like any HR policy. Um, you know, you need to make sure that what you're, you're doing is, is appropriate and, and right. Yeah. There was actually a <clears throat> company that I worked with, there was, it was a, a pretty bad situation. So her, this lady's son was like on the run from the police or something mm-hmm. like that. And she still had on her Facebook profile mm-hmm. that she worked for this company, mm-hmm. but she hadn't worked there for over two years. Uh-oh. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they started spamming mm-hmm. that Facebook mm-hmm. account mm-hmm. saying how horrible, how can you employ somebody like this? Right. How can you, how can mm-hmm. you do this? Like they started leaving bad reviews. I mean, and so it is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's so important because every, all of those little things mm-hmm. that sets you up for mm-hmm. your online presence and in the wide world of marketing, mm-hmm. that's how your leads come into the mm-hmm. funnel, right? Mm-hmm. So the difference between sales and marketing is marketing is what's out there in the whole mm-hmm. big world, mm-hmm. right? It's getting people to to know you, to mm-hmm. like you, to trust you. And then when I get to that trust point, they're like, okay, now I'll have a phone yeah. call. Who with do you. we talk to? Mm-hmm. Right. Now I mm-hmm. want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And that's where the sales process mm-hmm. begins. So mm-hmm. where marketing ends, sales begins. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people don't realize that they need to do sales and marketing, mm-hmm. right? right? You got to attract people, mm-hmm. but you, after you attract them, you have to mm-hmm. convert them. Right. So are you doing both? And mm-hmm. that is the key. Mm-hmm. Right. It's interesting because I was talking with somebody else about this. You know, in many cases, it's sales is over here and marketing is over here and they never meet. And a lot of times they're competing for budget dollars, you know, all sorts of things. And that's just horrible because it, it's it's exactly what you say. You know, they they have to be a team. And in many cases, they have to be the same person, um, you know, and, and because it does go hand in hand, uh, you know, and, and the bad part is when you have... Um, you know, a downturn in the economy, you know, we, you start, you know, telling people you have to work from home, all these various things. Many times what happens is marketing is one of the first things to go because they still want sales because you should be making sales because sales brings in money. But then the salespeople say, nobody knows we exist. We don't have the right materials to, to give to them. Our website hasn't been updated in five years because you got rid of the marketing people. Mm-hmm. You are so right. And the thing is, again, when we talk about building that company culture, Mm -hmm. 
small companies, big companies, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter. But the sales and marketing department, they're always feuding. And the reason they're feuding is because management doesn't put them in alignment. Mm -hmm. Management doesn't say, hey, marketing, Mm -hmm. you, yes, you still report to me, but we need to take our Mm -hmm. marching orders from sales. Mm -hmm. What are they hearing Mm -hmm. out there on the front lines that customers want to see in collateral? Mm -hmm. And then sales you have to understand mm-hmm. that marketing doesn't just change mm-hmm. like that. Right. You can't go out there and see mm-hmm. something you want to do or mm-hmm. an event you want to show up to mm-hmm. next week and expect them to give you all the collateral, mm-hmm. have your whole trade show booth all mm-hmm. um, set up. So I really feel that misalignment, it comes from the top. Right. From the management level, mm-hmm. you have to say sales and marketing, you must work mm-hmm. together. Right. We must speak the same language. Mm-hmm. We must have a monthly meeting to be in alignment. What's mm-hmm. working? What's not working? Mm-hmm. Why are we losing sales? What kind of, what are we seeing on our social mm-hmm. media platforms? What kind of incoming leads are we getting? Mm-hmm. And that's how you build that culture mm-hmm. and really build that environment to grow that company. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and- Along those same lines, I mean, back to everybody's the salesperson, all those things, you know, we all need to get all that input from everybody. You know, the the person who might be the best person to be talking to in your company about any of this is your your person who answers the phones Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that people complain to. You know, I went to your website and this happened or this didn't happen. Tell me who I need to talk to, um, you know, or, oh, my gosh, I just got the greatest thing in the world, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and so, you know, those are the people, too, that you need to be talking to. And, and so many times we do, we, you know, we, we put them in their little silos and we say, okay, now you go here and you go here and you go here. And, you know, and, and also we, we do think of them as different levels, like, oh, she's the, he's the receptionist. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, that's, that receptionist is the, you know, or the, the person at the front desk, whatever it is, they're the, they really are the face of your company, um, you know, and, and all of those things, you know, think it, it, one of the big things, I mean, think about Walmart, you know, we don't have the Walmart greeters really anymore right now because of the pandemic. So you don't have somebody that's saying, hi, you know, how are you doing? You know, thanks for shopping, you know, or, or even stores. You know, it annoys me when I go in a small store and they don't acknowledge that I have even walked in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. Look up from whatever you're doing and say, hi, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> yes. And yes. That's, I mean, some of these are just basic training types of things that the people just don't do. And, you know, the the crazy thing is what mm-hmm. you're saying is so true. A lot of times that office manager, that receptionist, mm-hmm. they're not empowered. Again, right. this all goes back to leadership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they say they may take a note down, but it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they need to be empowered that if right. somebody calls and they complain mm-hmm. that their order was delivered mm-hmm. late or that, you know, this link was broken or they couldn't get the live chat right. to work, mm-hmm. escalated to the right department, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't right. just sit there and, and they shouldn't just be a police. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't just police them. Have a project management mm-hmm. system where we're actually logging mm-hmm. issues that customers mm-hmm. are raising because right. there is no mm-hmm. company without customers. Right. <laughs> so right. that they are the mm-hmm. most important people. Mm-hmm. We need to listen to them. Mm-hmm. We can think that this is the next product, the mm-hmm. next big thing we want to do. But if we're not listening to what the market wants, mm-hmm. what are we even doing? Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, and, and it comes back to, to that leadership, like you were saying, you know, and, and so how can somebody be, and, and, and this is what you teach and, and how you work with people, how can they, they become that coach, that leader of their team, as opposed to, I don't know what I'm doing today. Everybody just go out and, and do, or, you know, is everybody even there? <laughs> the, the Zoom things, are you there? Yes. <laughs> you, know? you know, I think the first step is to get out of the weeds. Mm-hmm. And when I say get out of the weeds, you shouldn't be answering the phone. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing that day-to-day selling. Mm-hmm. You really, you have to be strategic. Right. And you really have to allow people to fail mm-hmm. so you can coach them to success. Right. Allow them to mess up. Mm-hmm. Don't always be the savior to rescue mm-hmm. them right. because they'll never learn. And mm-hmm. if they don't learn, they won't be empowered. Right. And if they're not empowered, they're never going to produce. Right. So and they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to be such a drag that the, that they cause problems there. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest issue that I see mm-hmm. with leaders um, that are trying to build a sales team mm-hmm. or just leaders in general. When people are trying to go from I'm the only person in the company mm-hmm. to two people to five people or even sales managers within mm-hmm. companies that are trying to grow their team, they're still doing so much. They're mm-hmm. being tactical, not strategic. Right. And so you really have to be strategic mm-hmm. and you have to lay out a plan. You know, my chemist brain, I tell people it's very analytical, it's mm-hmm. process driven. So there should be a process and it doesn't have to be an exhaustive mm-hmm. process of 55 page process, mm-hmm. but what do I do first? What do I do mm-hmm. second? Right. You know, and as you were saying, it's, you know, it, it is hard because it's in many cases, it's the business that we founded might have our name on it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so it, we, we think, well, we have to be in charge. We have to be doing it at all. No, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, we talk about this a lot on the program that you should always be working with other people, you know, even mm-hmm. when you're just starting and, you know, and some of those other people, your CPA, great example, you know, <laughs> an, an attorney. You know, we just went through a trademark process, um, you know, and and so, you know, and you might have to hire a web designer, you know, all of those various things. So, you know, it, it's okay to let that go and and let it go, you know, have the overhead, the, you know, the 30,000 foot level view and know what you're doing about it. But, you know, don't be saying now. I don't know. Should that box be there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on the form, right. the website, the whatever, um, you know, now they, it, it's funny. Somebody designed a logo for me the other day and I was like, okay, this is cute. How much do I want to change it to be my thing or do I go with, with what she did? And so I made a couple little suggestions and it was, you know, do you think you could do this? If, if, if you, you know, and because it's her vision and I don't want to mess up her vision. And so I was like, okay, this, you know, and, and, and it comes back to, is it all that important? You know, and, yeah. and the whole micromanaging thing with <laughs> what's not the way I would do it, but, right. you know, but it still works. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the hard part. That's the hardest thing to let go is letting somebody do it their way, their way. And, that, and <clears throat> you have to also remember that. You're excellent. You're great. You're mm-hmm. the business owner. You're the sales leader. Mm-hmm. But everyone's not going to be a mini me. Right. right. So everybody's going to be just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They're going to do things a little bit mm-hmm. differently than you did them. It doesn't mean that they're not going to get the same right. results. Mm-hmm. It just means that they're different right. and different and it might is actually what be makes better. the company good. That's, right. That's the funny thing is like, oh my gosh, right. this is a better way to do this. 
Exactly. Exactly. So you get out of the weeds and realize that everyone is not going to be exactly Mm -hmm. like you. And those are really the two keys to become a true, I like to call it to become a true coach, to Mm -hmm. stop being just a manager, Mm -hmm. to be a coach, because that's what every business needs at the Mm -hmm. top. They need a coach Mm -hmm. to manage the Mm organization, to coach the organization, to coach the the, Mm -hmm. um, players on the team, Mm -hmm. or they need a coach to help them Mm -hmm. close more sales. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, we're almost at the top of the hour. So tell us more about what services you provide. And we didn't even talk about your new podcast that you launched not long ago. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's right. So I launched a new podcast. It's called Snack Snack Sized Sales. And I'm talking to influencers, sales pros, industry leaders. And they're telling me about what they're doing to increase Mm -hmm. sales. And it's 15 to 20 minutes. So three actionable tips in 15 Mm -hmm. to 20 minutes that you can implement immediately. And really what I offer for business owners or sales leaders is a seven step sales leadership blueprint. Okay. So that is a a program, a process that we work through and it helps you develop either your organization as a solopreneur or Mm -hmm. build a sales team, depending on where you are and where you want to go. I love it. I love it. Well, how do they contact you? They can contact me on my website, transformedsales.com. They can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm there every day and I'm pretty active and it's Wesleyan Greer. Perfect. I love it. And I'm pretty sure your name is unique enough that you're not going to have to try and sort through all the different ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. They'll find mm-hmm. me pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. There's only, I think, three Deb Creers. I'm kind of lucky in that. So ah, that um, is good. But, yeah, it, it's funny. Every once in a while, I get something from uh, you know, especially on LinkedIn, a request for that I know was to go to the other one, and I always reply because you know it's kind of like the thing we were saying. You're you're nice to you to, to people, and I tell them I'm, I'm pretty sure you were trying to to connect with the other Deb Creer, but take a look at my my connections and see if you'd like to connect with me. Um, and almost <laughs> always they'll connect. They're like, oh hey, that was kind of cool. <laughs> ah, I love it. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, cool. Well, again, you are at transformedsales.com because we're transforming the sales process, right? See, I get yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I love I it. Love I love it. it. Well, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Um, I think the final thoughts that I would have would be that sales is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll mess up, you'll lose some deals, you'll win some deals. Mm-hmm. And that's how you stumble your way through it. Once you figure out what works and you start doubling and tripling your revenue Mm -hmm. and you want to bring on a salesperson, having a process mapped out is what's going to lead you to success. Perfect. I love it. Well, we definitely have to do this again because this was so much fun. And we learned that sales is not you. It's It's great fun. So I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Wesleyan Greer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.